Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Today is Friday, March 20th. I guess yesterday was the vernal equinox. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> uh, the first day of spring, right? Yay, spring. We have had such unsettled weather that it does feel like spring with the the daffodils are about to bloom. In fact, I should go out and see if they have. Get a picture for you guys. Um, birds are building their nests, doing their things, chirping around. Yesterday was definitely a very um, springtime in the Rockies kind of day. The sun shone, the wind blew, it was overcast, it blizzarded, it rained, and then the sun shone. <laughs> But it was um, it was a good day. I did not get my 3,000 words yesterday. I ended up going back and reworking the previous two chapters. It just wasn't quite flowing correctly. And I started editing. So actually the first couple of hours I only got like 500 words an hour because I was editing and tweaking. Um, and then I got like 1,100 words on my third hour, but it was kind of a slowish day. I got started late. I did get my um, under-desk treadmill going again. David was helping me with it, and I was able to walk on that yesterday, and that improved my mood considerably. It made me so happy to be back at my desk and in my office and with my view and... Uh, I, I, I wish that kind of thing didn't jerk me out of my routine, but it does. You know, so I guess that's just part of the find out what your process is and own it, right? You know, that's part of how I do. So I could have done another hour except that I had this plan to go meet Janae of Wine and Spines. Uh, she was here working on a movie. I think I mentioned that. And they ended up having to pack up and go home. And so they're driving back to Los Angeles today. I was kind of wondering why she didn't mind being like on location in New Mexico during COVID-19 and all of that. But once I found out that they're driving back into Los Angeles, which is one of the hot zones, um, yeah. So we'd been planning to meet at the restaurant, but the restaurants are all closed now. So I just went over to her Airbnb and we had a glass of wine from a safe social distance and chatted. And that was really fun. And she was a big fan of Grace Draven too. In fact, she said she found me through Grace Draven, <coughs> not from recommendations, interesting you know, because we do a lot of cross-recommending of each other's books. And I told her that that was how Grace and I became friends in the first place, was because our readers kept telling us to read each other's books, and we did. And then we met up at um, our tea convention for our historic three-hour coffee date. Um, it was like the time that we figured that we could both meet up, and we met at like early in the morning, I don't know, like seven or eight in the morning, and I'd been working out, so I'd gone and, you know, like run on the gym's treadmill and then met her for coffee. And we ended up sitting there for three hours. 
uh, we just, uh, you know, one of those rare occasions where you just become instant best friends. So, it, but Janae did not find me through Grace recommending my books. Janae had read Radiance, easily Grace's most popular book, which she referred to as a warm hug. I love that about it. And she said, but it was Amazon who, that my books start popping up for her on Amazon. So go Amazon. Although now it sounds like a whole lot of that is going away because they're giving it entirely over to the sponsored posts, which is just stupidness. But because you know, that was like the, the thing that Amazon really brought to the table. Uh, well, they bring a lot of things to the table, but that um, the Osselbots was really useful to people and the sponsored posts just don't do it. The sponsored posts, for those who don't know, work by when people buy ad space on Amazon, they pick the authors or books and they pay more for the more popular authors and books, you know, to be featured alongside them. So that means that the, you know, a lot of these people will just pick, they don't necessarily pick a book that is comparable. They'll pick the one that they want to be like, you know, it'd be like me picking James Patterson or something, you know, it's like, yeah, I want James Patterson's readers. James Patterson's readers don't read my books, but um, that's one of the things that the algorithm does is kind of reduce everything to the, to widgets, you know, like one book is interchangeable for another, which is not how people read. With the also bots, that was a much, much better, um, I don't know, guarantee that you would like the book because it's like, well, you know, this person who bought Sarah J. Mass also bought Jeffy Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, I would love to have Sarah J. Mass's readers. And Janae has, uh, loves, also loves Sarah J. Mass and had uh, Crescent City, her new book, was what she was reading now. So anyway, we um, called up Grace and put her on the speakerphone. So she got to chat with Grace a little bit too, and she really enjoyed that. So wishing Janae well. Hope she uh, has good travels. They were a little, um, she and her boss were going to drive the trailer back to Los Angeles. And she's like, you know, we don't even know where we're going to eat along the way. And I said, well, you know, a lot of places are still doing takeout and curbside service. So well, it's funny time. Strange days, strange days. And so it was, it was good to get out. Um, it was definitely very light traffic in town, although not as um, sparse as I expected. I saw somebody else say um, about maybe it was Seattle or Portland where they said that it was not Christmas Day quiet, but quiet. And I would say that was probably pretty accurate for Santa Fe yesterday afternoon. And so, especially considering I was, you know, I went into town around four o'clock. So, you know, it should have been more rush hour-y and was not, but still quite a few people out and about. The panhandlers were still out. And I stopped at Walgreens to get something for David. And the guy in front of me at the Walgreens counter, who I stayed a good distance back from, was buying um, 
an inhaler and cough syrup and uh, and like six bottles of watermelon infused vodka and it occurred to me something I had not thought about in all of this is that and I'm sure other people have thought about it but you know that these are the people that the virus will hit very hard because they are out and about and doing things like this. Um, we have a homeless shelter here in Santa Fe called Pete's Place where, you know, they can stay overnight, but then they have to go out during the day. And I don't know what they'll do about sleeping arrangements. You know, they've got those people going out every day and coming back in and, you know, I, I understand that um, that in California they're very worried about the homeless populations because it seems like, you know, the COVID will just burn through them like a house fire. I don't know what there's to be done about that, but I guess we'll, um, you know, get through it as best we can. It's interesting having conversations with people because it's like, well, <laughs> you know, this is just so unprecedented in living memory that everybody's sort of figuring it out as we go and you know our closest comparison is the 1918 Spanish flu and that was you know before much tech so so as I drove into town I listened to Leslie Penelope's podcast from this week um and thank you, Leslie, for liking that blog post, even if you don't agree. Uh, she also liked uh, the post I linked to with um, Kelly Robson's essay on the monkey bypass. And it's an interesting question. If we ever get to all be in a room together again someday, <laughs> or even virtually, uh, it would be interesting to do a panel on this idea of what does hitting a stuck place mean? Because Leslie made a compelling argument. She doesn't agree with me where I say that the solution is to push through. She came up with a great metaphor, um, a climbing metaphor. I like your climbing metaphors, Leslie. I don't climb myself, so I don't have a direct experience with it, but I think it's an effective metaphor. Where when you get to a stuck place, maybe you have to stretch and move and try to find another angle to get into it. And I think that's actually closer to what I'm saying. I'm, I guess I'm not wanting to say that I think writers who say, oh, a stuck place means that you've done something wrong and you go back. And what I object to is when people say, oh, you know, then they like scrap the, you know, last, you know, 30% or last, you know, 100 pages that they wrote and go back and do a different plot turn. Um, that's what I think is kind of, let's see, if we're going to extend Leslie's analogy, that would be like getting off of the climbing course and going over and getting on a different one <laughs> to me, which I guess, you know, maybe if, if what you need to do is get to the top, that's what you do. There, there's different processes, right? If you're climbing the mountain because you need to get to the top of the mountain, that's different than if you are doing a climbing course in order to test yourself and in order to have an enjoyable climb. 
because that's what the story is about, right? It's the the journey. It's about having the enjoyable climb and watching your characters um, twist and turn and trying to find their way through. If all you care about is getting to the top, then you're going to choose the easiest course, right? You know, and maybe you take a take the tram to <laughs> to the top. You know, who are we kidding? But if you're looking for the challenge, if you're looking to spend the day doing something stimulating and exciting, then you choose a more difficult course. And so I do like her talking about that it means that you can back up a little bit because you're looking for a different angle at coming into it. And I think that's what I'm doing. I wasn't exactly stuck yesterday Although I am at kind of a sticking point in the plot because I don't know how my characters are going to solve this problem. I, they have a hugely insurmountable problem in front of them, and I really don't know how they're going to solve it. And so, yeah, maybe I did go back and angle myself and do some layering in and some building in of <clears throat> some various things. It's hard to talk about this stuff without spoiling the story. I was thinking about that on the drive-in yesterday, that I was, you know, like, how do you really discuss the book in an in a compelling way without spoiling it? Because I could envision someday, you know, like if other authors did this, if, you know, an author I really wanted to follow, um, you know, like Neil Gaiman or Sarah J. Mouse or Margaret Atwood or somebody like that, if they did a daily detailing of writing a book and I could you know, kind of follow along, I would go back and listen to all of those. But, yeah, so I, I'm at the Act 2 climax of The Promised Queen and they are making the plan. And they already had one big blow-up over the initial plan. And I worked on that a lot yesterday. And now I have this scene where they need to set the plan. And I kind of know at this point, I know how what's going to happen to them when they get there. And I know how it's going to be, how, what the outcome will be after that. And the end of the book which I don't always know, but this time I know these things. What I need to come up with now is for them to have a plausible plan, you know, one that we believe could actually work. It's, it's got to be something that will, that will get them there. And I don't know what that's going to be. I might have to. We'll see how it goes today writing, but um, I might have to go check out some other stuff. And I've kind of been thinking I might need to go back and do a reread of Orchid Throne and Fiery Crown just to pick up some of the threads. I could listen to the Orchid Throne audiobook. That might be one way to do it. But I don't know. Can't decide. I'm, I'm sort of waffling on this. At any rate, yesterday I made my milestone. So I'm still on target to finish drafting by April 2nd. And it's not due till April 15th. So I do have some wiggle room, although I do want to go back and do some of that layering. I just feel like um, 
Yeah. Yeah, if if it doesn't flow today, I am probably going to go check out some movies and see how other stories have solved this problem. For those of you who've read Fiery Crown, that is how I um, came up with the twist for the battle at Kritizuka was from a, a Japanese war movie. So well, you know, sometimes that can be useful, especially historical stuff. I love stuff that's um, it's like what people actually did, not what somebody else imagined they would do. So that's a, that's a good idea, Jeffy. <laughs> Here we are having our one-sided conversation. Um, yeah, I think I should go look at some historical stuff of people um, assailing the unassailable fortress. That would probably be productive. So we'll see. Well, I, I very rarely do research instead of writing. You guys know that I'm pretty adamant about only writing counts as writing and not going back and doing research. But in this case, we'll see if I can write it. But if I can't, um, that's what I'm going to do. And I know I could jump ahead. I've got a couple choices. I could go ahead and write some of the later scenes, though I really don't like doing that because I feel like I just don't have the connection to the emotional arc of the characters. The other thing I could do is I could go back and layer in some of that stuff in the early parts. Uh, the drawback to that is that I would probably go to the beginning and start layering going forward, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I don't know. I was kind of excited about getting this draft completely done. So we'll see. I'm just going to test it. I agree with what Leslie was saying, that so much of it has to do with that intuition. You, And it's something that you hone as an author, that you get much better at knowing um, what this is. What does this sticky stop, spot mean? And I'm sure that's true for all kinds of things, like probably in climbing, you learn when, you know, maybe you just need to put some muscle into it or when you're really in, <laughs> you've got yourself in a bad position. Um, you know, it's that, okay, what is, the, it's sort of that problem solving. How do we solve this problem? So I'm very excited because my yoga place has online classes starting on Sunday. I, there's one on Sunday and one on Monday. So I already signed up for those. I'm super psyched to be doing that. And, Mom, maybe you should sign up for those too, and then we could do it together. Wouldn't that be fun? I think you would like it. We shall see. All right. Well, I hope that you all have a good weekend. I hope that things are as good as it can be. And, yeah, I mean, that, that's what we're, you know, I guess we're, we're learning to appreciate the, the small joys in life, right? So... First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more podcasts you will love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Monday. Take care. Bye-bye.